I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but when that ball went through the uprights, it was one of the prettiest things I'd ever seen. To come to LSU uh, at night and to win is hard anytime, and we're very, very, very proud to have the boot, and I'm proud of my coaching staff. There's a lot of things going into coaching, but the number one thing better be them kids, the number one. And I think that's what we do here at the University of Arkansas. And whenever they go out, I mean, we had a lot of guys banged up, beat up, guys that they just kept coming. I'm sure LSU did too. I'm not taking anything away from LSU. I'm talking about our kids. We just beat LSU on the road, go Hawks. Ooh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braddon. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And hey, we got a great show lined up for you. We've got Dudley Dawson, longtime Arkansas Razorback insider. He's been covering the Arkansas Razorbacks for over three decades. Gonna had a great conversation with him on all the momentum being built up there in Fayetteville, year three of the Sam Pittman era. We've got point spreads, some some early game of the year lines. I think fans are really gonna like these. And I had to weigh in on this Will Levis number one overall talk. Man, <laughs> we're hyping up the Kentucky quarterback's stock. It will literally never be higher than it is right now because CBS got him going number one overall. I'm uh, going to give a little shout-out to Cousin Shane. Keep him in your thoughts and prayers. He's, uh, he's fine, but uh, he's got some family things he's going through. Otherwise, he was going to be on this episode. And a little teaser, we have got – Two shows lined up that I think you guys are really going to like. A Q&A show. we got some really good questions already queued up. If you want to hit us up on Twitter or send us an email, thatsecpodcast at gmail.com. you got questions for us. That'll be featured on the show. And then I don't want to spoil it, but we've got one show. We've never done this before. I think it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be some, some really great off-season content that'll get uh, all the fans involved in the show. But Little teaser for the next time we get Cousin Shane, we're going to be tackling those issues. But on with the show, and if you missed it on the last one, featured that little clip of uh, me making an ass of myself on the Paul Feinbaum show, predicting the outright upset of the Georgia Bulldogs against South Carolina week three of the season. And had a couple fans' reaction here on YouTube. They had their own bold predictions for the upcoming season. So I just want to give these fans some Shout outs, read their comments on the air. I'll throw it up here on the YouTube. But Bob Jones, I love the bold prediction. Oklahoma fan here. My prediction is Spencer Rattler finishes higher rated than Caleb Williams. Ooh. <laughs> Who says them Sooners are salty, man? They like them some Spencer Rattler out on Caleb Williams. I know South Carolina fans are going to appreciate those comments. So I appreciate you, Bob. How about this one? Chris Monger, my bold prediction, Tennessee beats Alabama and Florida at home. Ooh, Cousin Shane's going to like that one, Chris. Not ready to say we will win the East. Think we go 10-2, 9-3. Chances to lose at South Carolina, at Georgia, and LSU, Death Valley. That's a pretty bold one by Chris. I appreciate you. And then last one, he kind of came at me a little bit, but it's all in good fun. Hey, when you make a bold prediction – you got to be expected for the blowback because you earned it. This one comes from FNDR, capital R. My bold 
statement is South Carolina and Tennessee will not have 11 wins combined, and your interview will age like chocolate milk. South Carolina and Tennessee won't combine for 11 wins. That's too bold for me because that, what are we saying here? They're both going to win five games when they both did that. They they exceeded that last season. I think both these teams are better. But, hey, this is the time for bold predictions. So I can take any heat you want to throw at me. But I appreciate uh, just the fan reaction and, and no one going too crazy. Again, I, it's not like I think the Georgia Bulldogs are going to crater and be terrible. They're still – Got to be a heavy favorite to win the SEC East at this point in time. Not writing off some of these other teams. I mean, hell, Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida, South Carolina. I think they all have potential to surprise and maybe even capture that East if everything breaks right. But again, I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying to dump all your stock in the Georgia Bulldogs. They're going to be just fine. But hey, I teased it. If Maybe this uh, Chris Trapezo, I can give him credit here, of CBS, he's got Will Levis going number one overall in the next NFL draft to the Houston Texans. Hell, if Will Levis improves his stock so much between now and the end of the football season, it, Kentucky had to have won the East. You know what I mean? I mean, I cannot imagine we're sitting here saying they finished second in the East again, but their quarterback's the bet, number one prospect in the NFL draft. I ain't buying that. So here's what uh, Trapezo here had to say. Not a ton of insight into his pick, but Will Levis feels like a quarterback who can eventually be the number one overall pick. He's big, chiseled, has a rocket arm, and can scramble. The Texans will probably be in the quarterback market in a big way next offseason. Again, he's got Will Levis being drafted number one overall by the Houston Texans. And whoo, I'm not trying to, <laughs> Cousin Holly's going to kill me on this one, but I'm not trying to temper expectations for your season, Kentucky, but here, I think we're getting out of control with these Will Levis hype. I mean, we had Mike Morgan on the show, said maybe he's the second best quarterback in the SEC behind Bryce Young, and hearing first round projection for Will Levis. I can buy that. First overall, I can't buy that based on what we've seen. Now, you could make the same argument. Joe Burrow, he had no business being the number one overall pick after his first year at LSU. I think, if memory serves, he was he had a, a draft grade free agent going into his last season at LSU. We know the magic they captured down there in Baton Rouge, won the Heisman, won the national championship. He's one of the – probably the best, I don't know, five quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Joe Burrow is legit. Will Levis – Maybe he makes that jump, and maybe he will be number one overall pick. But it's very hard to just predict that to happen because there's, there's, we've literally only seen it about once with uh, and Joe Burrow, and maybe he can even go back to Kyler Murray making that big jump. But, yeah, again, Will Levis, to me, I think he's more of a second-round quarterback at this point in time. He's got the tools based on you know everything we're hearing to be a first-round pick. He's going to have to – Take his game to the next level. He's going to have to do it without Wondell Robinson. But this is why Mark Stoops bring in an NFL offensive coordinator to continue to groom Will Levis and to continue the progression of that Kentucky offense. I just don't want to get to a point in time where Will Levis has a, a rough week two game against Florida and all of a sudden he's trash, he's terrible. This is the guy they were picking to go number one overall. 
I mean, at this point in time last offseason, people were picking Emory Jones to be a first-round pick. He's now at uh, Arizona State, I think. So, you know, I don't put a ton of stock into this kind of talk, particularly first overall player in the draft. I think that's a little crazy. But, hey, feel free to prove me wrong, Will Levis. Now, what, one last thing here before we get to our interview with Dudley Dawson on deep dive on the Arkansas Razorbacks fan duel. I swear, you probably think FanDuel's a sponsor of this show at this point in time. We talk about them enough, but whoever puts out these odds first, we're going to talk about you. And anytime FanDuel wants to throw some cash at us, happy to just talk about that. But no, this is early college football lines. We got a number of lines for a ton of SEC games, not just the, we've been talking about the week one lines, I think, uh, for, for about a couple months now. This is uh, point spreads for games that we have not talked about at all. So really wanted to discuss these with Cousin cousin Shane. I'm sure we will at some point in time. But let's just go down the list here because these are some of the best games on the calendar next season. Alabama on the road at Texas. Crimson Tide favored by 14 and a half points in Austin. Maybe Shane's right. When I picked this as a must-see game, want to see that atmosphere Maybe over by halftime based on this uh, projected point spread by FanDuel. So Alabama, 14.5-point favorite on the road at Texas. Now here's an interesting one for uh, you Vol fans out there. Tennessee on the road at Pitt week two. Of course, Pitt beat you last year. That was a game where uh, Joe Milton got injured. Hendon Hooker had to come in, nearly brought the Vols back, but was unable to get that done, got intercepted. There in the fourth quarter, if memory serves. But this time, FanDuel's got Tennessee on the road as a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Pitt. I've seen some blowback already. Why in the hell's Pitt not favored? They beat the Vols on the road. Kenny Pickett, your quarterback, first-round pick. Jordan Addison, your star receiver in the transfer portal. Offensive coordinator, gone. Receivers coach, gone. A lot of turnover there with the Pitt Panthers this offseason. And speaking of Kenny Pickett, that was another point. Sorry, I meant to say this with Will Levis. Look at who just went in the draft here. We had Kenny Pickett, just mentioned it. I think he was the 22nd overall player in the NFL draft. No second-round picks at the quarterback position. The next quarterback was in the third round. Now, I know Will Levis got some NAL opportunities. That was a you know, probably factored heavily in his decision to come back to Kentucky for one more season. But if he was getting graded as a first-round quarterback by NFL scouts, why in the hell would he not have come out already considering the draft class? Well, we've got Bryce Young likely to come out. We've got uh, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. We've got Handon Hooker. We've got K.J. Jefferson. I mean, there's going to be a lot better quarterbacks in this draft upcoming draft than there was in the one we just had where we had one quarterback taken in the top two rounds of the NFL draft again that kind of backs up what I'm saying Will Levis not really as highly regarded as uh, that CBS article is making him out to be if they if the vast majority of NFL teams are looking at Will Levis as the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft I think he would have already came out because based on this draft class of quarterbacks he he had to have been a first-round pick. 
Yet, uh, I don't know. So that's, sorry, that's a little sidebar. But back to these uh, point spreads. Speaking of Kentucky, <laughs> I just shit on you. You're probably going to destroy this team now. Kentucky on the road at Florida, week two of the season. The Gators favored by four points. I got to be honest, I was very surprised by that. I thought it would be the other way around. We've seen these early lines, Utah, Florida, push, Florida favored by one, Florida favored by two. So, you know, just based on these point spreads, they're thinking Utah's a better team at Kentucky. I don't know if I'm buying that one either. So Kentucky on the road, four-point dog in Gainesville. Somewhat understandable. I mean, that's a hell of a place to go down, go into the swamp and win. Kentucky's only done it once out of 30-some-odd years. So I get Florida being the favorite, but I really would have liked to seen Kentucky there. I think that number is not going to hold. Now, how about this one? Texas A&M hosting Miami. I believe this is week three of the season. Aggies favored by nine over Mario Cristobal's first Miami Hurricane team. So, you know, that's about where I headed. I don't think it's going to be much of a contest. Jimbo Fisher's now been at uh, College Station, what, going into year five. Miami year one. I know they got some nice pieces down there, but this should not be much of a game. Ole Miss on the road at Georgia Tech. It's your toughest non-conference game. Rebels favored by nine and a half in Atlanta. Probably be more Ole Miss fans at this game than Georgia Tech fans based on uh, some of the turnouts I've seen for the Yellow Jackets in recent seasons. So, again, Ole Miss on the road, nearly a 10-point favorite against Georgia Tech. 9.5 is the spread, according to FanDuel. And how about this one? Maybe give you some hope out here, Auburn. We're not trying to trash you. It seems like we're trashing Auburn all the time. Auburn hosting Penn State. Penn State's favored, but only by one point. In the rematch of last year's game, Auburn had their opportunities to go up there, steal a win in Happy Valley. Maybe they can steal one at home here against uh, a team that I believe FanDuel's got uh, projected to win nine, ten games in Penn State. So home field advantage is very real on the plains. Penn State coming down with that heat, with that humidity. Hey, pull you an upset there. Texas A&M versus Arkansas. Not going to like this, Razorbacks, but the Aggies favored by seven and a half points. I think it was about what they were favored last year, too, though. So that goes to show you the point spreads is not the end-all, be-all. But interesting, over a touchdown favorite for the Aggies over Arkansas. That's one I'm kind of shaking my head at here. I think this, this kind of goes to the preseason projections. You're seeing a lot more in the national media than you are on this show. Seven and a half, that's a big number for Texas A&M to be favored over Arkansas. Now, how about this one? This has Razorback fans floored. Alabama at Arkansas. Crimson Tide favored. No surprise, but the number is a surprise. 17 and a half point favorite in Fayetteville. Ooh, Lordy, the disrespect. Sam Pittman's probably pinned this up already in that Arkansas Locker room, 17 and a half points. I mean, Alabama's going to be damn good, but Arkansas, are we really that far off? Dudley Dawson, we got to have it. We're having him on the show here in just a minute. I asked him, chances of upsetting the Crimson Tide. Tease, that's another teaser. Teaser. He's very high on the potential of that happening. So 17 and a half, that's a, that's a shocker. Alabama hosting Texas A&M, possibly a revenge game. Well, hell, maybe Jimbo proves he's he's got the secret formula to beat in Alabama. 
Not according to FanDuel, because Alabama favored by 16 points over Texas A&M. My goodness, I guess Alabama's going to be pretty good this year, according to FanDuel. They're favored in damn near all these games. Well, they're favored in every game, of course, but double digits, that's that's pretty surprising. Sticking on that theme, Alabama at Tennessee. Of course, Alabama favored. But again, this this number will blow, blow your doors off here, balls. 16 and a half. Point favorite in Neyland Stadium. My word. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling about this. I think they think the vast majority of the public is going to bet always on Alabama. So they're putting these numbers high, waiting for their rivals to bet it kind of down. 17 and a half at Arkansas, 16 and a half at Tennessee. That's interesting. That's interesting. Now, the last two should be great games here. Florida. Hosting LSU, the Gators in the first matchup, Billy Napier, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, the underdog, because Billy Napier's Gators are three-point favorite at home over LSU, according to FanDuel. And then last but not least, another great rivalry game here in the SEC, LSU favorite at home over Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebels, two-and-a-half-point favorite for the Tigers, according to FanDuel. So, man, some great games. I love to see these low point spreads instead of Alabama favored to whoop everybody's ass because <laughs> that makes for some not fun viewing in my opinion. But, hell, uh, you know, put stock into the, put as much stock as you want into these odds. Uh, they are what they are. They're going to be changing weeks from now, months from now when the season gets here. But there is real value right now. Right now is the best time to get these sports books where it hurts because they don't have a great feel for all these teams. They got a feel for some of them, but clearly as if these odds have begun to trickle out, we've seen they don't have a good pulse on all these teams. Probably my favorites again, Kentucky at Florida four point margin. It's a little too rich for my blood, Texas A&M seven and a half point favorite over Arkansas. I ain't buying that. I, I favor Arkansas and I would probably Probably take Arkansas in the points against Alabama, Tennessee in the points against Alabama. Not saying Alabama's not going to win all these games or anything, but by these large margins, I've, I'm just really not buying it at this point in time. So, hey, maybe you register for FanDuel, tell them SEC Mike sent you, because I think it got you some value right there. All right, so hey, we teased it enough. Let's kick it over. To our interview, first time on the show, Dudley Dawson, longtime Arkansas Razorback insider. Hogs, you're going to love this one. All right, we're pleased to be joined for the by the first time by Mr. Dudley Dawson. Of course, you know him. He's been covering the Arkansas Razorbacks for over three decades. you got to give him a follow on Twitter at Deedsports. And he covers the Razorbacks now for Hogville.net. FearlessFriday.com and Pig Trail Nation. Dudley, thank you so much for joining me. I, I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Glad to do it, man. Now, let me ask you, because this is um, this is a hot topic, and I love to get uh, you know people like you, insiders that know these programs better than anybody. It certainly looks like we're going away from the division format in the SEC, and we're likely going to the pod system. This is a perfect off-season question for you, Dudley. If we go to the pods in the SEC, and let let's say it's the four, you know, four teams per pod, like 
we kind of assume it's going to go. Who are the other teams you'd like to see Arkansas in the same group as? Well, I think most Arkansas fans, and, and certainly when it started being mentioned, that you know everybody was tossing after names, but I think most people would like to have uh, Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A&M in that same pod, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a little Southwest Conference reunion or wherever there in, in Oklahoma. But, uh, you know, they have had some really good rivalries uh, over the years with LSU, Ole Miss, some others. So it'll be interesting to see the way they go. But just, I mean, just from a coverage standpoint, uh, I would like to see, you know, Oklahoma and Texas and, and Texas A&M in there. Uh, but, you know, they've got to – They've got a chore ahead of them because uh, it's going to be a really interesting schedule. And as we wait to see whether, uh, I guess, Texas and Oklahoma make the move in uh, in 2023, uh, when, when the, the big whatever they're going to call it now, uh, 8, 12, <laughs> 14, whatever, uh, you know, gets their new teams in and starts making up a schedule. So we'll see how it plays itself out. I, I really doubt that they'll wait till 2025, 2026 to get this going. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to pay some money and, and – uh, those two teams are going to be extract, extracted uh, sooner than later. And speaking of Texas, just how great was that atmosphere for that game? And, you know, I guess just not living in that state, I kind of, you know, I had seen all the hype with the fans getting ready to play the Longhorns again and that that old rivalry from the Southwest days. But, man, it, it just blew my mind uh, just just how that, that whole Saturday went out and, and storming the field. Just how great of a scene was that for for the Razorbacks? You know, it's certainly, uh, it's no secret that Arkansas's football program has been down for almost a decade until uh, Coach Sam Pittman came in here and kind of revived things. And they were 3-7 and seven his first year, which, uh, you know, doesn't sound great, but they certainly were far more competitive than they had been in the, the, the previous years under Chad Morris when they won four games total. And uh, we're riding along uh, SEC losing streak. But when uh, that game popped up on the schedule and it was one that texas had been avoiding for quite a while it was it was scheduled to to be played four or five years earlier than that but they kept finding texas kept finding a reason not to not to return the game after arkansas had had you know gone down there uh but then you know it was it was a not only was it a great atmosphere that the the fans were excited uh you know many of the older generation that i'm from you know grew up uh, hating the Longhorns, because that was just the thing you, you did here in the state because they were the kind of the big bully in the Southwest Conference and kind of doing things whatever the way they wanted and not really worrying about everybody else. And so there was a there was a lot of uh, heat, you know, from the old fans. The young fans were excited about, you know, being competitive again and, and relative. And then that, that uh, you know, that atmosphere uh, was just uh, electric because of all those factors going into it in Arkansas came out and played really well. And, and once again, we found out that Texas was not back, even though that's, <laughs> that's their saying all the time. Uh, you know, Texas, I guess, uh, you know, did pretty well after they left Arkansas for the next few games and then uh, went on that big losing streak down the, down the way. And, and uh, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I, I think people are excited about, uh, Oklahoma and Texas coming into the league. That being said, though, Arkansas has developed so many uh, great rivalries in the different sports with uh, with all the SEC, their SEC brethren, and uh, you know they would never want to go back to a Southwest Conference type situation. They're very happy to be in the SEC, and now the SEC brings a little of the Southwest Conference to them. So you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. Now you you mentioned the upswing under Sam Pittman. 
The key to sustaining that success, though, particularly in the SEC, is getting better in recruiting. And, man, have they hit the nail on the head there so far in this class, uh, depending on you know what rankings you're looking at. 24-7 Sports Composites got Arkansas as a number six recruiting class in the country. I believe that's number two in the SEC currently. Does that surprise you at all that uh, Arkansas is just doing so well in recruiting so far this uh, cycle? A little bit, but they, they have a really good staff that he's put together. He's made a couple of adjustments each of the last two years for guys he didn't think was recruiting well enough, and and those four guys that uh, you know have come on since he first got here have all done a great job in in uh, recruiting their positions. Uh, the interesting thing is, uh, of their uh, twelve commitments right now, the seven of them were at that Texas game. They made a big deal of that weekend, and uh, those kids got to come see that uh, the atmosphere and got to see Arkansas play well, and obviously. Uh, you know, the season went really well as well with, with nine and four and, and winning a New Year's Day bow against uh, Penn State. So that kind of that, that Texas game kind of played into some of the success they're having recruiting as well, because they got to showcase the program after many years of maybe, you know, not wanting to bring the guys in here during the, the, the games themselves. Now they want to do that again. And it certainly worked uh, with that Texas game. And they've been off, as you said, to a great uh great start in recruiting and, and we'll see how it continues to play itself out but I, I think they've got uh, you know really good thing going here one thing that coach Pittman came in and did was basically the guys that were here that uh, were just playing and, and you know had got used to losing were quickly uh, eradicated from the program and the culture changed almost automatically overnight now is it too much to ask for Arkansas to be even better rushing the football I believe they you know, by, by any statistical measure, they led the SEC in rushing last year. But, of course, they're bringing back K.J. Jefferson. Dominique Johnson was outstanding. Rocket Sanders starting to emerge. They're bringing back a, a very veteran offensive line with multi-year starters on that group. Is it too much to expect Arkansas to be even better on the ground this season? I don't think so. And I was talking to Kendall Brawls for an article yesterday, the, the Arkansas office coordinator, and he made it clear something that, that many of us thinking is that the, the running back room is the strength of this team. Uh, not only the guys that you mentioned, but AJ green is a speedster. They've got two freshmen that have come in in uh, Rashawn dominion out of Georgia, James Joyner out of little rock park view that uh, have, have, you know, they're excited about, they went through spring practice, they were early enrollees, and, and they were excited about them. And Javion Hunt is another kid two years ago that they got. So they feel like they're five deep at running back. And uh, Rocket Sanders is the alpha male in the room. He's going to be the starter. He's going to get the, you know, the heaviest workload of, of those backs. But they not only feel good about uh, the talent they have there, but the depth they have there, uh, an injury or two, won't cripple it as much as maybe it would have in previous years. Mm -hmm. Now, anytime I bring up the Razorbacks, though, people say, well, who are they going to throw the ball to? Of course, the great Traylon Burks just became a first-round pick of the Tennessee Titans. That's a, you know, that, that guy's just irreplaceable. He was that good. How confident is this coaching staff in the receivers they got uh, on the roster? Well, I, I would say that that is maybe one of the areas that they have the biggest question marks. They have a lot of guys who have played a lot of snaps. Many of them were young last year. None of them that were as, as consistent as 
as Traylon was. I mean, there's you know he's he was a fantastic receiver, and that's why he's he's going to be a Tennessee Titan, uh, you know, next season and, and all that. But I do think they have some talent there. They certainly have some speed. It's just going to be consistency and day in day out catching the ball, running the right routes. Uh, it did help them that they got a former five star named Jaden Hasselwood from Oklahoma. He was uh, injured a little bit this spring, and so you, you didn't get to see him fully work with with the quarterbacks. But uh, really, one of the more dynamic playmakers, uh, Malik Hornsby, who's uh, the backup quarterback, is also going to be one of the top uh, wide receivers this year. And the reason they can do that is because they got Cade Fortin, who uh, a preferred walk-on who was a starting quarterback at South Florida uh, and also played at North Carolina. Uh, you know, he has a lot of snaps under his belt. So they feel like they can use Malik Hornsby in that situation and be able to, to get some dynamic plays from him. I think he's the fastest guy on the team, and so they're going to do a lot to get the ball in his hands, uh, even as he sits at the number two, number two quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Now, last year that defense was led by that linebacking crew. You got so many standouts. Now, you, of course, Bumper Pool is returning, but you know there's there's a big hole next to him until they went out and got Drew Sanders from Alabama, and, and Sam Pittman seems to be raving about the Drew Sanders. Do you think he's going to live up to the hype, and, and could he potentially be you know that next star linebacker for the Razorbacks? Well, the interesting thing, Hayden Henry, uh, Grant Morgan, and Bumper Pool, who have played the vast majority of the linebacker snaps, but last two or three years uh don't really look like your prototypical linebacker Bruce Sanders does he's 6'5 240 pounds he's very fast that was maybe their biggest defensive pickup of the offseason even though they they got uh, uh, several others uh in the fact of what he brings to the table uh he is a guy that's uh, you know for a lot of uh, he started three games at Alabama last year really came off the, as a rush edge guy more than anything else but they love him up here. Uh, they think he's going to get a lot of snaps. And then they've got three uh, freshman linebackers, all who are early enrollees uh, that they feel, you know, are going to be able to add some depth there. They've also got some guys returning as well that played some snaps last year. So they're feeling really good about that position. And that's a position that really they have – the staffs over the past decade have missed – in terms of uh, getting, you know, the right linebackers and getting enough depth and all that, and they feel really good about that. And I know, also talked with the defense coordinator Barry Odom, and he's excited. Even though he lost a lot of starters, he brings back a lot of people that played a lot of snaps and have developed over the course of the offseason. At least that's what he believes. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of, uh, you know, what about the defensive line? Similar to the, to the receiver question. That, that's an, an issue on that roster. They brought in several transfers. Uh, this is two years in a row now that the Razorbacks have brought in transfers to, to shore up the defensive line. How's that group looking? And do you think they'll continue to, to try to look to add a guy or two on that defensive line? Yeah, Coach Pittman uh, has mentioned that, and he did again yesterday. He was at a Houston uh, Razorback Club meeting and, and mentioned that he would, would still wanted to sign one other defensive lineman that he wants to bring in here is certainly as a rotational piece. Uh, Isaiah Nichols is a guy who's been here. Uh, it was a high school star here in the state of Arkansas, actually five minutes away from my house here. And he has really, you know, it appears coming to his own. He's going to be the bell cow down there in the middle. But they have really gone out. Landon Jackson from LSU, uh, Jordan Dominique from Georgia Tech, uh, 
you just uh, got a, a transfer named Terry Hampton, who's an Arkansas guy that played at Arkansas State. So they've added some some rotational pieces there. Uh, you know, the key is going to be can they get enough pressure off the edge? That's one of the things that uh, you know they're they're really hoping that through these additions that they'll be able to do. I think that was the you know if, if any if they had any uh, setback last year, other than a couple of injuries, obviously to Jalen Catalan. Uh, you know, being the biggest, I think it was the fact that they just didn't get enough pressure on the quarterbacks, and that you know that really uh, had us had the secondary really you know traveling to to make a lot of plays and all that. I think they feel like they've got more pressure to come this year. I think they're going to use some different sets and stuff that uh, you know to try to to to, to bring some surprise uh, you know stunts and different things like that. But I do think that that's probably the the biggest question on on defense being the. Uh, being the pressure that they can put on the quarterbacks and kind of help out that secondary and the linebackers. Now, I don't know if you've seen this, Dudley, but uh, our friends over at uh, the, the Winbet Casino out of Las Vegas, they set the first over-under win totals for every team in the SEC. I almost fell out of my chair when they set this number for the Razorbacks. Six and a half wins for this upcoming season. Uh, now, maybe that's perfect. Maybe that's right where Sam Pittman and company want them because they're they go play that disrespect card, but uh, what do you think on, on that one, Dudley? Six and a half wins for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Are you more confident over or under that number? I'm, you know, just being able to watch this team through spring practice, and, and, and Coach Pittman did a really good thing, and he let us watch the full practices, which is not kind of a thing in the SEC and around college football anymore. And even though they had some guys that were injured, I really think this team has the chance to be as good as it uh, – was last year, if not better. And you look back at some of the games that they probably should have won. They probably should have beat Auburn. Uh, you know, they've got a, an intense uh, non-conference schedule, starting off with the uh, Cincinnati, you know, the former uh, college Final Four team last year, although they, they lost 30 seniors and some, some good guys. They're still going to be pretty good. BYU, you know, it's a, it's a, an away game at BYU is going to, to, you know, to be a challenge as well. But I do really feel like that the the culture and what they brought in, in terms of replacing the guys that, that have gone out, uh, many of whom were super seniors, is going to put them in a position to be better on both sides of the football than they were last year. And obviously on on the, the offensive side, that starts with with the KJ Jefferson and, and those running backs. Uh, but defensively, I think there's a lot more talent throughout, and you won't have to worry so much about an injury, or you won't have to worry about your linebackers playing 70 to 80 snaps a game, which has been a thing around here a lot that, uh, you know, has really, you know, in, in terms of late in games that uh, Arkansas has, had, has, has had trouble overcoming in the losses it had. Mm -hmm. All right, Dudley, I really appreciate all your time. Just got one more question for you. Last season was all about snapping streaks. They beat, they beat A&M. They beat LSU. They beat Missouri. But there's one streak remaining on this annual schedule and that is of course Alabama Crimson Tide and trust me Dudley I'm, I'm a Tennessee graduate so I know all about getting my head kicked in by the uh the Crimson Tide here but come October 1st the Crimson Tide come to Fayetteville you know the off season's a time for hot takes and and all this so I won't hold it hold it against you we're, we're months and months and months away from that game but what percent chance do you give Arkansas knowing what you know about them now, to pull that upset and beat Alabama in Fayetteville come Saturday, October 1st? 
Well, it would be silly, I think, for me to predict a win since that losing streak has <laughs> the, has gone, you know, so far. But I guess if I was going to put a percentage on it, I'd probably put it at forty percent. The one thing that I do know is the gap between Alabama and Arkansas has been cut basically in half. I think you know they weren't competitive there for a couple of years. Uh, Jerry Jones' grandson, John Stephen Jones, you know, had to start a quarterback down there at Alabama one time uh, for Arkansas. But they are in a position now to where you can legitimately think it's going to be a competitive game. And if a few things go right, then, uh, you know, Arkansas has a chance to win. But, uh, again, it would be foolish. Uh, you know, it would be like me as a Dallas Cowboy fan sitting here and predicting the Super Bowl win. Now, I can always be <laughs> – you know, think that we're getting closer and it might happen, but uh, you know, history, uh, history. You got to know your history. Alabama's still going to be a very good team. Uh, you know, obviously they don't have Georgia on the schedule. Arkansas doesn't have Georgia on the schedule this year. That's you know, it's a kind of a win-win thing for them. But but I do think they're going to be competitive uh, against Alabama. But I can't sit here and say that's a definite win. All right, hey, I, once again, I appreciate you, Dudley Dawson. Give him a follow at Deed Sports and check out all his work at hogville.net, fearlessfriday.com, and Pig Trail Nation. Thank you again. This was outstanding. No problem, man. Anytime. All right, so just want to say thanks again to Dudley for joining the show. Really appreciate him coming on. We'll have to have him back on. Just uh, the, the incredible insight there he provided on the Arkansas Razorbacks. I give as much info as I can, but we got to reach out to guys like this to give you some even more in-depth inside info on these teams all across the SEC. I'm working hard to line up one more guest, very unique, very entertaining guy. We kind of been playing phone tag all week. So I hope to have him on Friday's show. We'll see how that goes and hope to have Cousin Shane back on the show before you know it. Again, we've got some terrific ideas, one that uh, I think you guys are really, really, really going to love and uh, no one else is doing this content that we've got pulled up our sleeve. So hopefully, you know, thoughts and prayers to Shane. Hopefully he can make it back as soon as he can. But, hey, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. I appreciate each and every one of you, as always, for tuning in. And if you made it this far, if you haven't already, give us that five-star written review on the Apple Podcast app. And if you're not an Apple product person, hey, Give us that review on Spotify. We'll take Spotify reviews too. Android's got Spotify as far as I know. So get us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple and email those to thatsecpodcast at gmail.com for a free beer koozie. we got all 14 SEC teams represented with their own unique beer koozie. We'll send you free of charge. But that's going to do it for this episode of the show. We'll catch you on the next one.